the body has the potential to heal itself. We all know that inherently. We just don't trust it. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast wellness spot, where we focus on health and wellness and how you can reclaim your health and life today. You're in the right place if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you've been helping so many others. It's time to help yourself. In a time when health and wellness can be so confusing, I'll share my knowledge as a nurse in 20 years in wellness and help you navigate through. You will hear stories of people who have used the Shackley products, including me, as they have truly been a game changer for health. And I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to pay attention to your health and how making a smart plan with natural choices can help you live your best life today. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Um, and it's going to be another great day that we could talk We talk about wellness and things that we can do to live our best life. And um, with that, I'm bringing one of my friends on that I have known for a very long time. I'm not really sure how long we've known each other, but um, I am excited to have Chris Sargent with me today. Um, again, we've known each other in this... Uh, wellness world and this field of helping people feel better for many, many years. And she is a chiropractor, functional medicine uh, specialist for over 29 years, an international best-selling author. Um, I am privileged to call her my friend. I respect her for, I mean, women our age, any age, but certainly we talk about it. Women our age, we need some good friends that get us and she's one of those. But I also love her passion, her knowledge, her passion for just really getting to the root of things and helping people, again, really live their best life that they can. Um, so before I go on any further, um, welcome, Chris, to my podcast today. Hey, Moira. Thank you so much. This is going to be a blast. I can already tell. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yep. I just we try to make it like... Other. Yeah. We've known each other for a long time, right? Long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long, long time. So long time. Yeah. This is what I like to do. Just get on and let's have a conversation like we we have often, right? Across a, a table with a cup of coffee or something like that. So um, let's just get talking. And um, as I Great. do with this podcast with different guests and with myself, you know, we start out with a story, kind of like sharing your story of um, kind of how you found yourself to where you're at today. And you know, as we talked about just, you know, kind of how you found yourself to wellness or knowing the importance of what you're doing today and the message that you're spreading out there today. Okay. Well, you know, I think, um, like most of us in this wellness industry, we all have a story that, that brought us to this, right? I I really think that things happen for us, not to us. And so when things happen for us, we can take those things and then help other people with them. And so I grew up as a dancer, ballet, tap, jazz, and back in the dark ages, if you didn't look a certain way, didn't have a certain height and weight number on the scale, you weren't a dancer. And I was told very early on, you're way too fat, you're way too heavy, you're all these wrong things to be a dancer. Now with J-Lo and Beyonce and all these awesome women out there just flaunting all their curves, it's a completely different feel for, for for many dancers anyway, not all. There's still, that stigma is still there in ballet for sure. However, I feel like, that that the that piece of the evolution hasn't completely been embraced 
by society. So I definitely struggled with being, you know, kind of thicker thighs and um, just sturdier build maybe. <laughs> but when I look back, oh my goodness, what I would give to be the 120 pounds that I was, you know, as a freshman or sophomore in high school, because those days are gone. And I was a completely appropriate weight for someone who was five, two, five, three, five, four. And it's just what happens up here. And I think by the time that I decided from the fast forward a few years, decided that medicine was where I wanted to go. I realized that there's more to a healthy body than just getting skinny. And there's more to health than just here, take the script. And so although I was ready to go to medical school, you know, that was biology, psych, double major, like that was what we did, right? We just blew it all out in, in undergrad to get into medical school. I really chose sort of the path, you know, less taken, if you will, um, and went to chiropractic school. And I took a lot of crap from, from my peers, from my advisor, who basically told me, oh, chiropractors are not real doctors. What are you doing? What are you thinking? You might not even be able to get licensed. You might not even be able to practice. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's That can't all be true. And so when you dig in and you realize the depth of knowledge that chiropractic schools actually <laughs> give to their students, it's, it's immense. And it's really, we learn an awful lot about the same, we learn everything that the medical doctors learn in medical school on top of our hands-on physical, physicality kind of physical adjustments and that kind of thing. But we have to learn and we have to know about pharmaceuticals. We have to know all the ologies, gynecology, proctology, like we have to know all those ologies. We can't just walk into a room with a patient and not know what those things are that's going on with that patient. So just to dispel a few myths, there that are still rampant, frankly, <laughs> in 2021. They, yeah, they are. I mean, and it's good that you said that because um, I think many people even, you know, I think about when you said that, I think about somebody that I know that's a hearing doctor. Well, I think, oh, she just knows about the ears. Well, no, you have to go through medical school and know all of that. Like you said, that science, that biology and all of that in order to be that. And like you said, in order to be a chiropractor, you're learning all of that and then that specialty that you choose. Yeah, and then exactly. And then the specialty comes in. And the philosophy of chiropractic, if you will, is more about the body has the potential to heal itself. We all know that inherently. We just don't trust it. You go, you fall down off your bike when you're a little kid, you get road rash, you go break a bone, whatever. Your body inherently knows exactly how to get your immune system to do its thing, get the bone cells to do their thing, and you heal. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to do anything special. There's not a, ma a, a, a magic drug that the medical doctors give you for any of that to happen. And to ignore that to me is, I, I, I don't know, to me, it just, it, it it's silly. I, I don't even know how else to put it really. Like, how can you just ignore that? So, you know, that kind of philosophy takes you down a very different road than a pill for an ill. And, you know, before I get much further down this road, I am not against medicine. 
I'm not. I What I am for is let's try all the less invasive things first. Let's give the power back to the person or the, the individual to say, what are you eating? What are you drinking? How are you moving? How are you sleeping? How are you thinking and feel? Because those are the part, that's what makes up this incredible body of ours. We're not, we didn't, we weren't born deficient in some drug general population, right? We weren't born deficient in some sort of drug. We were born deficient in particular nutrients maybe, or have a genetic propensity to be deficient. We weren't born with a deficiency in, in the latest, greatest, newest, whatever is on television tonight. Right. So, <laughs> right. And you as a nurse, I mean, we both, we both have to, to sit on the ledge of go, okay, no, you know what? You actually really need some antibiotics for this, or you really need, we need to go rule out all the ugly things before we move down an alternative route. We, as, as the alternative practitioners, um, particularly functional medicine doctors, we have to hear that when we sit with a patient and understand like, okay, where's this patient at? If they've come in, they've had all the studies, they've done every, all the tests and there's nothing, none of the ugly stuff, what I call the ugly stuff, right? Tumors and cancer and um, potentially autoimmune disorders. Not that we can't handle that, but like if, if, if none of that is there, then it becomes your body's not functioning right. So if your car isn't functioning right, Right? What are you going to do? You're going to take it into a mechanic. He's going to go, oh, look, your brake fluid is low. That's why you couldn't stop at the stop sign the other day. Okay. So fill up the brake fluid. So when we get low on things in our body, our body doesn't function right either. We get headaches. We have crazy symptoms. We don't feel good. We are not energetic. And energy and fatigue are the biggest pieces of all of that that I hear every day. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of a long, long-winded answer to I discovered health over skinny and yes, it's important to maintain some sort of normal weight. And I think that that's a piece of being healthy and being skinny is not everything. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I totally agree with you. And yeah, I love that. Um, when you're talking about, and that's what I, I sit in that same, on that same fence, you know, that again, right. there's nothing wrong with medicine. There are some times that it's certainly absolutely necessary and we've got to rule absolutely. out things. And, um, but I've learned over time, if you give your body what it needs, you know, then it's it amazing. can, like you said, it's amazing. It can heal itself. You can feel better. You can sleep better, that type of thing. And, you know, I like to tell people that, you know, in my wellness journey of the last 20 or so years, you know, I've learned that it's so important to know what we put in ourselves, on ourselves and around ourselves, because I'm all about, you know, getting rid of the toxins and trying to eat clean and um, use products, you know, the skincare products that are, they're clean and things like that. And so that's why I love, you know, what you wrote your book about and what you always talk about, whatever you just said, those five things, right? The I know. Sleep, you know and so, <laughs> eat, drink, move, sleep, think and feel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, because it really, it's, that's what it's all about. Again, the things in, uh, you know, in, on, and around us, um, right. makes such a big difference in, um, in our, in our health and how, how we feel and how we live our life. So I thought it would be good to maybe just go through those five things and kind yeah, of talk a little bit about that. each one of them, you know, so people who are listening can hear like how you can, again, we're not saying don't see a doctor or don't, or stop seeing your doctor if you're under the care, but think about these things that we talk about and think about the choices that you can make within each of these 
categories, if you will, that could help you, again, feel a little bit better or do the things that your body is really, um, will be happy that you, that you yeah, do. Yeah, so. exactly what it's designed to do. Yeah. So, so I think that there, there needs to be just a, a little piece of education for your audience. Um, not only are chiropractors really well-educated, you can go look at the curriculums. You don't have to just take my word for it. There's a piece missing, however, in the medical schools. And again, their job, I think we need to, to finish this, this whole scenario here. Their job is to keep you on this side of the grave. That's kind of it. Their job is not to make sure that you're thriving, have plenty of energy, that you're a single mom having to raise two teens and have their their 90-year-old mom live with them. Like they that's not what they're put on the planet for. That's not their job. Mm-hmm. Their job is to keep you out of the hospital and standing mostly upright. That is not thriving. That is not living. That is just not dying. And that's it's there's a big difference there and and there's a huge disconnect between what's happening in our society with chronic diseases being the thrust of what is killing us, obesity, heart disease, diabetes being the top 3 and the medical school education, because those are all lifestyle driven issues. And they get about on average, seven hours of nutrition training. So folks, ladies, gentlemen, if you have read an entire book about nutrition, you've probably spent more time, effort and energy learning about nutrition than your medical doctor. And I know that that you all are like, no, she's, she's biased. She's this, she's that go look it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a gentleman that um, has been working with Shackley and been uh, promoting those products for many like years, over 40 years. He's a, uh, he's a, retired professor, but he's, he, um, taught medical students at, um, anyway, Dr. One Steve the Cheney, you know, one of the schools, but he, I mean, he's, yeah, he's told us that, I mean, it is a, you know, you can look it up or you can believe us. I mean, it is certainly yeah. a fact. And so it's not, you know, because some will say to me, well, the doctor didn't tell me that I should check my vitamin right. D or I shouldn't take, you know, I, but it's like, because they don't, they're they not going to talk about things that they don't know enough about because they don't want to advise you wrongly or poorly, you know, or depending on their ego, correct. (laughs) They will not say, I don't know. They -hmm. will just say, don't take multivitamins, not based in any fact, maybe based on a time article or some, you know, good housekeeping article that they read sitting in the dentist. I don't know, (laughs) but like they really don't know about the latest research around vitamins, around vitamin D, around zinc, around any of these things uh, that, that around turmeric, right? Like that's a giant thing right now around all the anti-inflammatory herbs, around anti-inflammatory diets, unless they have sought it out for their own good, they really haven't, they're really not versed. So back to health and back to the conversation that you want to have, what we eat, what we drink, how we move, how we sleep and how we think and feel, like I said before, really create our body. So let's talk about what are we eating? How do we end up with 70% of our population, seven zero? 
not seven, not point seven, 70% of our population is overweight and obese. Now, that doesn't happen by accident. And I'm going to offend some people. The food didn't just fall in your mouth. So what is happening here? What's happening is we have bought into a ton of marketing, right? Yes, yeah, right. We're, really, we're so addicted and our taste buds are so addicted that we're choosing based on cravings and based on feelings and based on all these other things, not based on fueling, right? We're not based on just fueling our body, right? If you go to the gas station and, you know, there's three different kinds of gas there for your car, most gas stations, right? And if you drive a car that says you should put 93 gas in and you're putting in 87 all the time to save a few pennies, that car is not going to run well in the short term or the long term. And your mechanic is going to say, you need to put 93 in when he is trying to clean out all the gunk that you put in. And so it's the same thing with our bodies. When we choose to eat chips and junk and things that are, are healthy, um, even like gluten-free alternatives, some of that stuff has higher sugar and higher glycemic index, which is how fast your sugar goes in than the nor the regular. So it's still processed. So eat real food. That's the like that's the you want bottom line. If you well, yeah, because- start eating real food, right? If you start eating potatoes instead of bread, if you even white potatoes, if you start eating sweet potatoes, if you start eating butternut squash, if you start eating vegetables, you're automatically going to be healthier. And that's right. what this conversation is about, right? Like it's being healthy. Right. And and I don't, you know, again, part of this population that's listening or the audience is, um, you know, in an eating disorder world. And so we're not here to say you have to eat healthy because that's orthorexia. And that's another, you know, it's about, yep, like that's you another said, addiction. yeah, it's about eating. It's, you know, eating when you feel, you know, hungry and choosing you know, choosing those healthier foods, because like you said, a lot of times, I mean, we are a busy society, although we've had to slow down a lot recently, but, you know, we're also like just looking for something quick. And often those quick things are things that are in a box or in a can or in a bag. And so they're processed and there's all, and to process them, they have to get artificial things put in them. Right. Yep. So, and they take well, out nutrients during the processing. Right. So we're just trying to talk about yeah. like, let's just choose Choose whole foods, real foods, mm-hmm. you know, not saying, okay, you can't have a chip because I had some chips last no, night. No, Nothing no, no, wrong no, with no, that. no, no, no. Yeah. I just want to make sure that what I'm the saying. audience yeah. is not hearing that because 100%. I know that you and I, we are on the same page with that, but I just want to make sure that that message um, didn't come across like I think like it's that. that it's a, it's a 80, 20, 90, 10 rule, right? Like it's fine to do those things part-time. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, I see probably... I see the the primary population that I have is looking for weight loss. They're looking to shift from whatever they've been doing. And most of it is very, like, it's just fast, it's easy. And there's a lot of ways to create good, healthy, fast, easy. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And it just takes and some yes, education, some chips. planning. Yeah. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Let's have some chips. Yeah. <laughs> and a glass right. of wine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong as with that. As a choice, not as a habit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As being present and going, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Today's the day. 
Well, and then and I, if it isn't, that's fine. Yeah. And I think that it's really good for people to hear too, that like when you're talking about cravings and whatnot, like when we start to eat those more natural things, if you will, the whole foods, like your body likes it and they're very, you know, they're happy with that. And then that's what they want more of and less of those other things. So the, you know, you stop eating the ice cream and adding other things in, then your body starts to love those other things. And that's where it goes to. I crave my shake every morning now. Mm -hmm. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) The protein shakes are great. I crave, like I've, you know, for the last, I don't know, I take cauliflower. I love cauliflower and broccoli, but I usually just steam them. But I, somebody told me, why don't you just, you know, roast them? So I cut it up, oh, I put so it in, good. you know, olive oil. And then I found this awesome spice from um, Tuesday mornings. That's like for root, root vegetables. So I don't know what it has in there, but it's so good. So sprinkle some of that and roast it. Oh my gosh. I could eat that every single day. Exactly. Exactly. My big salads at night. I'm so, I know all of you out there who are like, what is wrong with you people? (laughs) (laughs) My big salads at night. And you know, just, just something that has actually come across my own issue lately, recently, most recently, I've always had this weird relationship with kale. I love kale. I could eat kale all the time. And when I first started eating kale, I realized that I didn't feel good when I ate it. So I'm like, oh, come on, this can't be true. So I bought a giant bag of power greens this week. And you know, within two days of eating two giant salads, I had hives on my face. Mm. So you like, we just, not everything that's good for everybody is good for everybody, right? Right. I, I say that often, like, well, I thought oatmeal was good for me. Well, it might be good for some people and it might not be good for some people. I thought this was good for me. I thought that was good for me. Well, I can eat Swiss chard on its own. I can eat spinach on its own. But when I eat kale, it's not a good thing for me. So just realize that what's good for most people is still good for most people. But there's always going to be these one-off things that right kind of crazy. Yeah. I know. I was sad. Yeah. That is too bad. That is too bad. It's very yeah. sad. Yeah. But there's lots of other greens so, that you can eat, right? So You know, exactly. And there's plenty of things to eat and it's not even a big deal. My daughter will just use it in her smoothies and big mm-hmm. deal. Right. So I I think food really, in terms of the, the amount of mm, communication, if you will, that your body gets on a day in and day out basis, food actually says, if you will, take it in like that, says more to your body than anything else that we do, even more than our five senses. And that might be hard to wrap your head around. However, the molecules of processed foods are so different than the molecules of real and fresh foods. The real and fresh foods actually have so many, we call them phytonutrients or plant nutrients, phytochemicals, plant chemicals that are that speak to our body. And when we're eating the processed foods, we're missing all of that communication. So it would be like, it would be like if you got an email where every fourth or fifth word was missing and it was the verbs and the nouns, right? Like 
you wouldn't know what you're, you, you would have no idea what this person was trying to say to you, right? And so when we eat the more whole foods, we're getting all the verbs and all the nouns and it's telling our body much more healthy messages than the processed food is telling us. It's only, Love that. only getting a tiny little, tiny little bit of information. I love so food that. is super yeah. important. Yeah, that's a good way to, to 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 explain it. So, so what's next? What's number two? So next is what are you drinking? I have fallen in love with my twenty four ounce bottle from Costco, super cheap. I bought four of them, two packs of two. My kids carry them around. I have two of them, and it makes it easy because I know that when I've gone through three or four of these, I've had my water for the day, so I don't have to count very high, like eight. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think about how many did I have. It's very simple to remember three. So water. What about coffee? I'm a coffee drinker and I love my coffee. And you know what I found this week? I started adding collagen to my coffee because when the body gets protein first thing in the morning and collagen is just protein, it's just amino acid the amino acids necessary to make really good skin and good connective tissue that holds your body together. When our body gets protein first thing in the morning, it craves less sugar throughout the day. Bottom line. I agree with that. I agree with that. There's studies. There are studies. There are studies on school kids. There are studies on adults. When your body gets protein first thing in the morning, you crave less. So I basically make a coffee with a couple tablespoons of half and half, a scoop of protein or collagen, and which is about 10 grams of protein, not, not like a load, just a little bit, and like one teaspoon of raw sugar. And voila, I have a very nice balance with some fat, some protein, a little bit of carb, and I get my coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what that also does is it slows down the effect of caffeine. So instead of it being like mainlining your caffeine, which is not good for your adrenals, this slows down the, the how caffeine is absorbed into your system. And so you don't get those crashes. So what, what slows nice it down? This nice little buzz. What slows it down? Putting, oh, the fat. Okay. The All fat right. and the, well, fat and protein, but anything okay. that you add is going to, is going to slow, slow that down. Okay. Mostly the fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening going, okay, I got to be able to drink coffee, which, and that's, those are good tips. Um, and of- I think, I think it's how much are you drinking? I mean, I had a woman way back when I first got in practice, she had been to two or three doctors, just heart palpitations, heart palpitations. And I'm like, okay, so one our my intake is really long, right? My intake as a functional medicine physician, I, I want to ask you like, okay, when you were born, <laughs> Right? Did you, were you did you have ear infections? Like I'm gonna go all the way back and bring you all the way through. I want to know what you eat, how you drink, all the things that we're talking about. So I'm like, okay, so what are you drinking all day? And she's like, oh, I usually go through a couple pots of coffee. And I'm like, hmm. So is that caffeinated? She goes, yeah, yeah, most of the time it's caffeinated. And I'm like, you drink coffee all day long. Do you drink any water? No, not really. There's water in my coffee. Okay. Um, did you, were you aware that caffeine can cause heart palpitations? She's like, nobody ever told me that. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's move to half calf for a couple weeks and then let's cut it back and let's mm-hmm. start drinking some water and let's see what happens. You know, lo and behold in a month, I mean, all of her palpitations, of course, right. were gone. Right. And it's simple drink water. So mm-hmm. what about alcohol? 
I love a glass of wine on a Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. Like I love a really good vodka gimlet. I, like those are things that are ple- pleasurable and we're allowed mm-hmm. to have pleasure on this planet. And so how do we do that? I strongly recommend people to drink before seven happy hour. Totally fine. Five to seven, four to seven. You know, it's five o'clock somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Four o'clock is five o'clock on the East coast. So depends on when you want to start. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, here in the Midwest. So, you know, a couple of, a couple of glasses of wine or a couple of cocktails, like that's fine. Just do it before seven and then your sleep won't be as impacted. If you start drinking, you drink a cocktail and a glass of water and a cocktail and a glass of water, you're going to have a much better time with it. And for women our age, speaking of our age, like if you're headed into menopause, perimenopause, menopause, and you are having tremendous hot flashes and you're drinking every night, try that trick. Get Mm -hmm. it done before seven, drink a ton of water. And I bet those hot flashes, you'll sleep better because your sleep is being impacted by your alcohol and you won't have those hot flashes, alcohol, sugar, caffeine. Right. Yep. And again, this is a podcast about recovery and all of that. And so, you know, some have, um, have recovered from things that have, well, everybody is recovering from things that have numbed them out. So again, we're not here to say, well, you got to drink, but you know, if you choose, again, I just like, definitely, you don't, you don't have to drink. And you don't have to, but if if you you choose to, to, right. And again, we, if it brings you pleasure, then just be aware that, okay, maybe it's just one glass of wine with my girlfriend, or I love this, you know, do it before, cause do it before seven. Cause I've run into the same thing as I was going through menopause and sometimes even now, and I'm not, and although I'm several years mm-hmm. past it, I wonder what it is. If it's, if it's the wine quality or if it's still some hormone, I don't know, but just some good, good tips and um, things to think about. And just think about, we love to enjoy life. And enjoying life means you're not, you know, completely numbed out, you know, but right, exactly. Yeah, I definitely, definitely alcohol, uh, alcohol as a choice, not alcohol as a way of life, right, if you will, or a habit. I'm all about conscious choice. Mm -hmm. And for me, Um, and I don't want to get too far off here, but for me, the conscious choice of when I eat, what I eat, like being very present around what I'm drinking, um, like those are, those are very present places to be. Why am I doing this? What is this for? What is this about? Is this just fueling? Great. And you know, am I in the right place for that? And if I'm not, and I, you know, and I walk down the road and eat a bag of chips, cause you know, it, it might happen. Um, <laughs> I'm human. Okay. Then it's just like, how fast can I pick myself back up and, and jump on the healthier choice train? Yeah. And if you haven't, uh, for any of the listeners, if you haven't listened to the episode that I did with uh, Victoria, um, who's a wonderful expert on intuitive eating, I recommend you go and listen to that. It's really good because it is about these things, being really present when we eat or when we drink, we make those choices. And really the whole, just there's so much knowledge about intuitive eating that's past, you know, what we're what we're eating. So I encourage For you sure. to go and <clears throat> listen to that. I mean, tea is another thing that there are so many wonderful antioxidants in tea. Tea is so good. So, so good for you. And um, so that's certainly something that we can add to what we 
you know, what we drink. I know. I always think about, I always think about coffee because I'm a coffee drinker and I don't drink much tea, but I know you drink a lot of tea. So yeah, Yeah. tea is yummy and tea, like there's so many good teas and there's such good, um, liver detoxifying chemistry in there. There's good phytonutrients that you're going to miss from if you don't, if you don't, when you don't drink tea. Mm -hmm. So tea is, tea is great. And it's very calming. Like Mm -hmm. just the, the ritual of tea, because it takes time you have to slow down. You have to breathe. You can't just like, come on, tea, hurry up. You know, tea isn't going to hurry up. It's right. just going to be tea when it's That's ready. Right. That's right. That's true. That's true. All right. So what's so number three? Eat, drink, move. Move. Our okay. bodies were meant to move. We are not meant to sit in our desks on our computer all day long. We are not. So I'm hoping that you're listening to this podcast with it stuck in your pocket and your AirPods in and you're walking. Because I don't care if you ever look at me. It's more about the information, right? So move. Move your body. Every day, 30 minutes, move your body. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all the time. It needs to be more often than not. Because that 30 minutes has been shown to reduce your risk of stroke by 30%. That seems like a no-brainer to me. To move my body 30 minutes so that I don't have a stroke. Simple thoughts. Yep. And, and, you know, mild to moderate exercise equals the effectiveness for curing, uh, that's in air quotes, um, mild to moderate depression equal with Prozac. So what I'm saying is if you have some tendencies towards mild, moderate depression, mild, moderate anxiety, 30 minutes of walking, mild to moderate exercise, if it's not walking, stairs, whatever, will give you the same benefit as being as being on an antidepressant. So, and for me, like, okay, let's try this instead of that, or let's try this and that, and let's move down how much you might need on your antidepressant, right? Moving your body can make such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. And change I think- your body, change your state. Right. And I, you know, we've no, we've realized during this pandemic that there's, you know, when we can't go to the gym, like, what do we do? And so, oh I my think, gosh, there's so many, I mean, there's now. so much, you know, there's so and much it's out free there on YouTube. You don't have to subscribe. You don't have to pay. You don't have to have a Peloton. Like, right. Don't even go there. Right. Don't even. Yeah. So it can be just going out to walk. You can, I mean, I know people, they walk up and down the stairs at their house or yep. I have a friend, um, actually a relative of mine and a friend they live in the same apartment building, but they live up on the sixth floor and their workout is they go up and down the six flights of stairs. And they have like so many times that they do that. And then they do some of their arm works. I mean, that's their workout. Isn't that great? It's just great. Figure out how you can move, like you said, with what you have. Oh. There does, that doesn't have to be an excuse that, oh, I don't have the money to join a, a fancy health club or something like that. There's so many no. things and um, great you, resources. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, you have a pound of hamburger in the freezer. Okay. There you go. There's your one pound weight. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Or the canned goods, you know, canned tomatoes or whatever. Yeah. 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 There's, there's so many alternatives that don't cost anything. Yeah. And stuff is so inexpensive Mm -hmm. too. Right. So like, yeah, there's, there's so many alternatives to moving your body. So eat, drink, move, sleep. <laughs> yeah. This is my big one. So I have a little mirror right next to the camera right here. And like, you need to sleep, Chris. <laughs> 
because I'm going to burn it at both ends. I'm a pretty high energy person. I'm very product, like production oriented. Um, yep. A little bit of a workaholic. And so, uh, Oh, I can get one more thing done. I can get one more thing done. I can get one more thing done. And that's not serving me and it hasn't served me for a very long time. So sleep six to eight hours, still necessary ladies, six hours a night minimum. Otherwise you're not making hormones. So if you've got some hormone imbalances and you're not sleeping six hours a night and you're wearing the badge of, I can go on four, um, think again, because it's going to create some disruption eventually. So six to eight, really good. Get it in. It's worth it. If you have trouble sleeping, what are you doing? I'm not going to stay, sit here and tell you things that you don't already know. Get off your screens, put some low lights on, like not these things, right? <laughs> like put some low lights on, put a candle on, get off the television. If you think that you are going to be able to fall asleep after watching like crime watch or something, you know, <laughs> special victims unit right. at nine o'clock at night, you are sadly mistaken. Mm -hmm. Go watch Food Network for the last hour of the evening or, you know, House something Hunters. <laughs> what House is Hunter, it? House Hunters International. House Hunters, exactly. Like <laughs> get yourself off into some sort of dream world instead of this crazy that we live in all the time. The news is not like yeah. the worst place for news at 10 o'clock at night. No, don't yeah. do that to yourself. Yeah. And I've, I, I have always been a great sleeper and this last year has been a challenge for me and I've tried to figure it out. And I think I've figured some things out. I think part of it is this screen time. So I really, um, when I do my interviews, when I do my meetings, I really schedule them out so that I'm not on every single day. Um, yeah. and there's some wonderful teas that you can drink before, yep. before you Calm go to bed. Teas, yeah. Sleepy Chamomile, time tea, I love Chamomile. those. Yep. Um, Shackley has For a great, sure. uh, gentle sleep complex that has valerian root and some chamomile that has helped mm -hmm. me. Um, I have a white, one of those white noise machines, you know, that if you're listening and if you've been in therapy, a lot of times the therapist's office have it sitting outside their door. But I'm telling you, I live with people that move around at night sometimes, you know, older, you know, whatever, young adults and teenagers that might be coming in late. And after I've gone to bed, I close my door. I never used to close my door, maybe kind of a little bit. Now I close my door and I put the white machine on, white noise machine. And I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. And so those things, again, like you said, if you're not sleeping, think about what you're doing before you go to sleep. Think about what you're eating and um, what sure. you're drinking. Like all of these things that we talked about before, moving, all of those things, when you make some adjustments there, can help you in the sleep area. Absolutely, particularly movement. I mean, if you're not moving and you're telling me you can't sleep, you need to move your body or we're mm -hmm. not gonna do anything, right? right? Like make time to go move your body. Go take a walk at seven o'clock at night. You, your body has to get tired too. Mm -hmm. And so if you're sitting all day, you haven't, you haven't burned off that energy. You may be like blown up mentally, right? So leave your phone at home. Don't listen to music. Like get out in the nature because we also know that that reduces cortisol, which is our stress hormones get out, take a, a 20 or 30 minute walk and then come back in and work on sleep. And that's going to, you know, we, we have a settle down routine for our toddlers, right? We put them in the bathtub, we rub their back. So we do all these sweet things. We don't do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those routines are really important. I bought one of those like 
eye pillow things. Mm -hmm. um, my room is very bright and I have a skylight. So on nights when there's a moon in the sky, it's really bright in my room and we're not supposed to be sleeping in the brightness, right? So I bought one of those things. It's taken me, I'm going to be honest, it's taken a long time to get used to it. And I still probably pull it off more nights than I don't. But once I'm asleep, it doesn't matter. Right. So and if I wake up, I just put it back on. So getting up in the middle of the night, put a nightlight in your bathroom. Don't turn on the bright light. Don't go downstairs and turn on all the kitchen lights if you need water. Figure out how you can light your house without turning lights on. Because That's you turn true. on those lights and your brain goes, oh, it's morning. True. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good to think. I about. learned that when I was pregnant and then had children like, oh, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't just go turn a light on and get some water. Now yeah, I'm awake. I, yeah. I always leave the light over the sink, the kitchen sink on every night for that very reason. Like if somebody comes in, if there are people are, you know, if anybody's out yep. still, but also if you have to come downstairs and get some water, at least there's a light on it's and you don't tiny have to tiny little light. To yeah. I have a yeah. pantry light and we have a curtain in front of the pantry. And so it's not very bright. It's just enough that you can kind of come down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, then um, the think and feel piece, right? Think and feel. So the last right. piece is think and feel. And this is all about mindset. And I know, Moira, you and I have talked about mindset. I know your whole podcast is mindset. This piece is is almost trumps everything else. Um, getting in touch with and being super aware of how you're thinking and feeling around taking care of your body and around self-love and self-loathing and what's getting in the way of you making choices that are positive for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, it's a big, like it's that's a huge a, a yeah. crater it, and definitely not something we're going to cover in the next eight minutes. It's just this think and feel piece is just so, so important. And if you haven't gone out and started digging into your stuff, you got to start you digging. Got stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, um, I just launched, um, this last week or yeah, yeah. Yesterday, um, on the Wednesday it came out. I just, I did a solo and I talked about just that feeling of feeling numb when things are so stressful and reflecting on what I've, you know, just a few ideas of what I've been able to create to help to keep me, you know, to be able to pull Moving out of forward. that numbness or, you know, going forward. And I, and I, you know, I have, like you said, there are, we have lots of conversations on this podcast about mindset. Um, and it's really, and so I, again, there's lots of episodes and I'll put a few in the show notes that you can go like with my morning routine. I mean, I've learned that myself during this stressful time of life, I got to do some things to help me feel and think in a more positive way. And when I do that, even if it's just a little bit of time in the morning, boy, it helps the rest of the day go better. And, or those times that like something just interrupts you, interrupts you. you know, and you're like, what? But when you've been practicing that mindset work, then you're able to better breathe into that. And it can just right. start with, can just start with the deep breaths and yeah. I think I think what a lot of people experience, and this is something that I'm 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 butting up against um, a little bit in my own life because I'm, my mom is living with me and she has dementia, and um, you know like this isn't how it's supposed to be, right? And as the minute we walk down what our what we thought was supposed to happen, right, versus what's reality, 
we can create resistance in seconds. When we can take what's supposed to be and you and look at it and go, well, that's not what it is. This just like weakens and then you can go, okay, I can look at reality and go, okay, what am I going to do different? How can I choose? How can I respond to what's real versus what I can keep hoping and wishing about this thing that's, or these expectations. My mom is not getting better, right? That's not going to happen. She is not going to respond normally. She is Mm -hmm. not going to have any kind of normal conversation. That is never going to happen again. And so I can keep butting up against that or I can go, okay, let's wrap our head around what reality actually is and how can we handle this better? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's that noticing piece that we, okay, let's slow down enough so that we can notice. Breathe. You said what's going on, breathe. Cause then we can, when we can notice, then like you said, we can make those choices to choose a different way of thinking or choose something or figure out something so that you can handle that or whatever the case is. But yeah, this is all about emotional intelligence, right? Like this is the 10 or four seconds between a stimulus and a response. And there is a gap. And if we can grab that gap and choose the response, it's so much better. And yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Well, nobody is. And again, we just share our, our lives with others. And as I say, <laughs> we're just far, we're a little bit farther along perhaps than others. Maybe. And we're just encouraging you to come along with us. And, you know, we're here to teach you what we know and that kind of thing. And I think we could talk. There's so much, so much more that we could talk about. And I love True. every conversation with you. Um, and so I'm going to wrap it up for today, okay. because, um, yes. you know, just because of the time frame and everything. But again, I think that's a great place to end to say we're both again, in this place that we want to help we're other people. It. We've learned a lot. We're in it. And so we invite you to come along with us um, so that uh, if you want a little extra help. And so I want the listeners to know where they can find you, Chris. Oh, for sure. So I uh, probably the best place to find me social is Facebook. I'm Dr. Chris Sargent. I have a great website, Restore You, R-E-S-T-O-R, R-E-S-T-O-R, Y-O-U, RestoreYou.com. Jump in. And hey, you know what? I've jump on a call with me. I've got a free 30 minute explore call. You can ask questions. You can find out how functional medicine works, my seven basic steps to getting healthy and, and we're doing the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I, um, I've, I'm shifting over to group coaching, which is super exciting and people are loving community, right? Like this is what we're, you're doing here in your group, right? This is all about community and we need a plan. We need a coach and we need community. We have to have clarity, right? And those are some of the things that we need to move forward on, on our journey in whether it's health or, you know, some kind of recovery thing or whatever we're a job, whatever you're doing relationships, we have to have those things to move forward. And so community is so important, particularly right now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So all that information will be in the show notes so you can click through and yeah, I do recommend you hop on a call with Chris because again, it's like, let's just, there's no obligation, but let's just have a conversation about things that you might be dealing with and that that maybe you could help um, them with. And so, and again, Dr. Chris is a great, um, a great wealth of information as you heard today for sure. And there's lots more where that came from. So um, (laughs) thank you for being here today. Really, really appreciate it. It's always, it's always a pleasure. And um, 
Yeah. Again, I know that you listeners got a lot of um, information, some tips, some value. Listen to it again, share it with others, because again, we're as Chris and I talked about, we're just here to help you um, live your best life. And it really uh, starts with a lot of, with these things um, and the choices that we make. And so again, glad that you're here listening. Um, and uh, we look forward to sharing more about wellness and life and living your best life on the next episode. So take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.